to be great. And um, appreciate seeing everyone here today. And uh, we want to just uh, try to have a thought each Sunday morning in our snack chat, is what we call this, instead of Sunday school, though I keep calling it Sunday school and all the rest of the time. But um, we want to consider today, I want to talk to you about the church. Not, not this particular location as much as I am the, the broad scope of what God has to say about it in the Word of God. And um, there are several aspects or ways that we need to view this, that the Bible views it, and that will help us to be able to... Um, I just want more and more reasons to realize what an important decision I made when I, when I made up my mind to start coming to church. And I, so I want those of you who are committed here to, to know exactly why that you're coming and, um, and let you gain in, in that also. We have a, uh, this incredible reserve, this incredible account in our life of what God wants to do. And truly, he's waiting for you and I to, to tap into it and take advantage of it. And uh, I, I always thought it was kind of exciting to go to a bank and find out either the different checking accounts they had to offer. And they, of course, they had some based on business, some based on personal, some based on a, a, not a credit card, but a debit card and things of that nature. But um, I always like to be able to find out what all I could have because I joined that, that bank and what, what was available to me. And that's what I want to talk to you about the church today and look at that. So I'm going to open up today and start uh, without opening a verse and then in just a little bit we'll start looking at some verses to verify what I'm saying to you, okay? So it's great to see everyone. Thank you for being here. Where is the, the church first mentioned in the New Testament? This is your trivial pursuit. The first place that church is actually the, the word, word the word church. church. X, okay. <laughs> How about um and I will build my church. and the gates of hell where is that at? Matthew 16. That's the first place that the word church is used in the New Testament. That's just trivial pursuit. Won't save you, but it's just good information. How about, how about the first place that's used? Well, that would be where it actually becomes a reality. That's the second chapter of Acts, right? So that's... That's your uh, trivial pursuit for the day, and uh, all the rest is free. Uh, let me open this up so I can see myself here. So the book of Acts sets the pattern. You know, we, we, Jesus speaks of it in, in Matthew 16, but in Acts 2, when they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, uh, what was the beginning of the church as we see it in Scripture? And so we, it's very important, therefore, that we find out what happened in the book of Acts and uh, what they, how they honored the church, what, what was important to them, uh, what, what was the connection between the people and, and this new idea of church. Because up until then, the Jews only knew of a temple, didn't they? They knew it a, a facility, a place, a location. Mm -hmm. 
And, uh, and now, in the, in the book of Acts, church takes on a whole new dimension or dynamic. More than anything, we, we must, we, we need today to be that Acts 2 church and not following what the Jewish right. manner traditions were of old. Yeah. We have to do this the way God wanted to set this up. And that's why we're doing this little Bible study. Oh, I forgot. Mm. I printed off my joke sheet for you all, and I left it on my printer at the house. <laughs> oh. I'm just going to have to read it to you all later. I'm sorry about that. I'm going to have to bypass that step. But the word church has lost most of its original meaning today because church is definitely not just a building like so many people think of it today. Let's go to church. My church is X and Y, Z, you know. Uh, but that's not the original concept of church. And that's what we want to look at. Did you know that church is used 140 times in the New Testament? 140 times church is mentioned. So we're on, we're on a good topic here. But it's not one of those times. Not one. Poke your neighbor. Not, not once. Not one time. <laughs> talking about a building. Was it talking about a building? It wasn't talking about a building. Okay? So the language used by the Bible could not be applied to a building anyways. Think about these verses. The Lord added to the church. That wasn't a building program. Herod, Herod vexed the church. The church was persecuted. Paul saluted the church. The church had rest. So I'm just getting us to think about this today, that, that our idea... And I'm, I'm, I'm attacking some wrong thinking, not, not to be mean or ugly, but to try to get you to realize how important church was and is today and how, much, how important it should be that we follow it the way God wants us to in the book of Acts. Yeah. Um, only in the traditions of men can people go to church. Mm -hmm. yeah. Never in the ideals of what the book of Acts reveals to us. Jesus didn't mean buildings when he said, I will build my church. Right. He wasn't talking about buildings. Right. right. So let's talk about what is important to God and then what actually is practiced today in, in your life, and, or I shouldn't, I shouldn't say your life, but in people's lives and in this world, in this culture that we're living in right now. Here's one. Church is a spiritual necessity in the word of God. You've got to have, you've got to have church in your life. Yeah. But today, church is an optional activity. What a difference between those two thoughts. Mm -hmm. Here's another one. Interdependence is important in the church in Acts 2. But today, we build on individualism. Did you see the way they can play that thing? Yeah. They can make it sing and dance. Mm -hmm. Do you see that? Oh, I, I heard Brother So-and-So preach. Well, yeah. and I, I'll grant you, I love good preaching. Mm -hmm. 
It's a shame you all don't have it here. <laughs> <laughs> but individualism is 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 valued today, which is wrong. What we need to do is is say how valuable are we collectively? Yes. What can yes. we do to make each other stronger than ever before? Amen. How can we become the church in Chelsea, Oklahoma that will transform this world? Not condemn it, but transform it. You're right. Here's another one. Spirituality takes place in the community. So we grow spiritually together, in other words. Mm -hmm. But in our world today, spirituality is a private matter. Well, when you know God as well as I do, you'll be able to you know, yeah. do these things too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's wrong. Yeah. Whenever someone promotes themselves, Really, they kind of missed the idea of what God wants for the church. Here's one. All people are fully and completely accepted together. It doesn't matter what they've done in their past. It doesn't matter what their skin color, ethnicity. It doesn't matter what they came out of. Right? Right. Yes. But today, in many churches, segregation is really real. Yeah. You know, you're going to have to do this, Brother Stevens, if you ever want to get a part of my yeah. clique. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. We may go to the same church, but let me tell you, we aren't in the same clique. Yeah. Whoa. Is that nasty or what? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or how about authentic behavior? What does that mean according to the Word of God? That means... When my public and my private life agree right. and are consistent. Authentic. So authentic behavior is what the church is. We want real people. Listen, you've got problems, so do I. Yeah. Yeah. We're not here trying to say who has the fewest yeah. things they've done wrong. Right. We're here saying, do you understand how valuable we are when I can rely on you and I I'm going to be what you need me to be also. Yes. But in the world, hypocrisy is the mainstay yeah. in religion. Saying one thing but practicing another. How many people would say today, I'll never go to that church. They're a bunch of hypocrites. Mm -hmm. Well, what they find out? Somebody did something that was, they said something, but it wasn't what they were living. Right. And anybody can look at that and judge that. But that's not what the Lord wants. The Lord wants us to be able to say, I don't care if you've been in this for a day, and I've been in this for 45 years, we are on the same ground. Yeah. Right. We've got the same experience. Hallelujah. We've got the same Holy Ghost in our life. Yes. We've both been baptized in Jesus' name, filled with the Holy Ghost, amen. amen. And we're living for God. Yeah. Thank the Lord. So here's point number one is, is this Greek word that's called ecclesia. And, and it's used, now understand that we have this book called Strong's Concordance. If you ever want to see it, I'll, I'll be happy to share it with you. Um, but, but it takes every word in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. The Old Testament is Hebrew language, and the New Testament is Greek language. That's, that's the way they were formed together to make the Bible in its beginning, okay? And so you can go back and find any word in the Old Testament 
and Strong's will have a, that word there, and then it will also tell you what that number, they have a number equated that, that, that the meaning. But then there's another book called Eastman's, which is another incredible book. And, and Jacob, you can go to Eastman's and look up the word, um, I'm just gonna throw out a word, love, okay? And, and Eastman's will give you all the words that the King James used in the Bible. It might be love, it might be adoration, it might be, you know, it may have a list of names and it'll tell you how often they're used, but it will always tell you the definition of what each of those words mean. So what I'm about to talk to you about now is, is words that are coming out of the Bible that Strong's puts in a understanding and gives us the definition, okay? So ecclesia is a Greek word, so it's the New Testament, and it's used 114 times in the New Testament. And, and it means an assembly of free citizens who are called out of their homes to assemble together for matters of public interest. <laughs> That's a mouthful. That's what ecclesia means. A lot of times we just say they're the called out ones. Yeah. But let's, so let's talk about this. The church is not just called out, but called out to assemble together. Yes. Is there a difference between those two? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. yeah. It means not only am I coming out, am I, am I leaving my home, but I'm coming for the purpose of, of joining together with you. So Ecclesia is used 114 times, and it means to be called out to assemble together. Here's a verse for you, uh, John, Hebrews 10 and 25. I will have some of you read again today, if that's all right with you. Good and loud, okay? Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more, as you see the day approaching. Okay, so not only are they assembling themselves together, but they are also exhorting one another. Mm -hmm. There was a reason right. for the church to come together. Mm -hmm. It wasn't just for donuts on Sunday morning, right. though I appreciate them very much. <laughs> that holy coffee that's brewed here. <laughs> holy coffee. There we go. Kidding, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> My wife has a sign in our office there over in the other building that says, you're brutiful. <laughs> 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 so the church, here's the definition. The church is a free is the free citizens of a heavenly community summoned by the gospel from their places in the world to assemble together to hear from God. That's our calling. That's what the church is. We're called out to assemble to to be able to operate in God's kingdom. So we're called out of the Bible says out of every kindred, yes. tribe, and nation. That's Revelations chapter 5 and 9. Mm -hmm. And also, the Bible says that we're called out of darkness into his marvelous light. So the church is called out. We, we leave, leaving those things which are before, come out from amongst them and be separate and touch not the unclean thing, right? And also we are coming together for the purpose of 
being able to give God the praise and the glory and the honor that is due his name. Amen. So our first definition of the church today is this word ecclesia, which simply means that not only are we called out, but we are brought into an assembly for the, for the work that we are joining together to do God's will. But there's another Greek word today I want to share with you that also is, is in the Bible. Um, and I'm not going to be able to pronounce the Greek to you. It's something like konika, if I were botching it like with my bad English. And, but it's a word that is difficult to translate in English because it has several different, different meanings. But it carries the idea of communion, fellowship, sharing, and participation in, in, in Strong's Greek. Same again. Same again. So this one word that's used talking about the church in the New Testament has, has the idea of communion, fellowship, sharing, and participation. It describes the life that the church is supposed to share in Christ Jesus. Life in that more abundantly is more than just feeling good. It's this incredible ticket into this awesome thing that we call church life where we can be part of it. We don't have to worry about our past. Right. We can rejoice and thank God for our present. Right. Yes. And we can be excited about our future. Yes. Right. Amen. So in other words, Ecclesia is what we are. But the other word, Kanoa, is what we do. Could you just spell that second word for Yes, K-O-I-N-O-N-I-A. Konaya? So, so we are separated unto a group of people so that we can do God's will. That's yep. what we are. Yes. Right. That's the church that's got to be known in Chelsea, Oklahoma. Yes. We, are, we are coming together for a reason. Yep. We're not here just to waste our Sunday mornings. Right. And, and then the Kanoa or whatever it is. The next time I try to say it, I'm just going to ask Debbie to say it so I don't have to. <laughs> I know what well, Oh, wise guys, we have a way of getting back to them. Uh, is, is what we do. It's, it's how we participate in the church. Amen? So this, this word that I'm not going to say anymore, I'm going to just term as fellowship. It's what we do. It's not just a potluck, though I thank God for what we're going to do today. What a perfect timing for this. Yeah. Not just a potluck dinner or a church meeting with a bunch of familiar faces or even just a comfortable relationship with someone that you like. Whether you're a Christian or not, you, the church is known by some of our attributes, how kind we are, how, yeah. how if we have a smile or not, mm -hmm. if we think every day is the end. Yeah. Right. Amen. The church isn't a group of people waiting to get out of here so you can, yeah. so you can mm. spit on the world when you leave and say, ha ha, I told you so. Yeah. The 
the church is a group of people that comes together and they do something right for the for the will of God to be fulfilled yeah. that's good. right that's good. amen we are impacting the world today yes those who before and here's here's how important this word is think about the Jews and the and the new Christians that were in the early in the early church friend they hated each other's guts yeah, yeah that's right remember the apostle paul who wrote two-thirds of the new testament well he started out the guy that was casting christians in prison right. yeah and watching them killed yeah, yeah. so how important is this word this fellowship well it was incredible because that was the that was the definition of the church in the beginning when they could see people that used to kill each other and hate each other's guts. And now they've come together and they are working together for something awesome for God. Yeah. Amen. That's why it didn't matter if there were slaves and masters in the, in the church. We think of that as horrible today. But listen... Far more important today is what you perceive of the church. Because in the church, you have freedom from being a slave or a master. Right. right. And we can all be of the household of right. faith. Yep. Right. Yes. Yes. brother. Amen. You're my sister, you're my brother. So take me by the hand. That's right. Together, we will work. Amen. So let's look at some of the passages now in the New Testament scriptures. Am I making sense or am I losing yes. y'all? Are you okay? Yes. Y'all okay? Yes. Okay. All right. I'm not, I don't usually mess around with too many Greek words. And I, I probably said those things, butchered them too many times already. But I like what they mean. You would say it with confidence, you wouldn't know the difference. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to start calling y'all to tell you with confidence. <laughs> so there are, principles, characteristics of what our relationship with God really looks like, and that's what the Lord wants to reveal to our community. Yeah. Amen. Amen. So let's look at some things. Um, so, uh, uh, Debbie, you okay? First yeah. John 1, 6 and 7, this isn't a trap. First <laughs> John 1, 6 and 7. Uh, Rachel, you okay? Uh, Philippians 2, 1 and 2. Susie, Philemon 1, 17. Sandra, Acts 2, 44 and 45. Elaine, 2 Corinthians 8 and 4. Renee, okay. Uh, Philippians 3, 10. That'll get us down the road here. These are all verses that use the word Fellowship, and that word fellowship is this word, kanoakai or whatever it is. <laughs> All right? And, and so I'm showing you what the New Testament says about this, what this Greek word really means. And now we're going to see it used in Scripture to appreciate it. All right, so the first verse is going to talk about the light that God wants to shine forth. Okay, what does it say, Debbie? If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not know, do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. 
and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Okay, so that word fellowship is the word we're talking about. Mm -hmm. Okay? We have fellowship one with another. When we walk in the light as he is in the light. If, we're, if we are saying I'm a good Christian and yet I'm doing things that are the, uh, the darkness of this world, things that hurt, things that destroy, right. things that steal yeah. from my brothers and sisters in the church, yeah. then, then I'm a liar yeah. and I'm lying to myself. Yeah. All right, here's another one. Philippians 2, 1 and 2. All right, Rachel, you got that one? Okay. If there be therefore any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any bowels and mercies, fulfill ye my joy, that ye be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. All right, so it's going to be the fellowship of the Spirit that, that makes us so strong. It's not my background or your background right. it's right. not what job you have it's not how much money you earn right right it's it's what we add to each other as we are all in the spirit all right yep. and and so there's unity in the spirit that is so powerful yeah mm -hmm. i'm gonna have to look up that joke on my on my script on my book <laughs> ipad <laughs> I'm going to have to do it here in a little bit. <laughs> it's that good. It's, it's that good. This is necessary. I, I feel it. Okay. The, the next one I'm going to talk about acceptance in this fellowship. Philemon 1.17. If thou count me, therefore, a partner, receive him as myself. Okay. Now, partner here is the same word. We used fellowship in the previous two verses. But partnership is the same Greek word. Okay? If you count me, therefore, a partner, receive him as myself. So we're sharing. Yeah. I'm, I'm just pulling out a key word out of each of these verses. We are sharing together, and that's what, that's what makes us valuable. All right, 2 Corinthians 8 and 4, we're going to talk about giving now. much entreaty that we would receive the gift and take upon us the fellowship of the ministering to the saints. All right, so, so Paul is saying we're receiving your gift. And by doing so, we are sharing in your giving. And, and that's part of church work. We uh, thank God when we help people. It, it doesn't just some, come some, from some pool Usually there's no pool in the church for giving money away. Mm -hmm. But we uh, somehow take care of people and we help them. Yeah. Okay? Next one is suffering. Philippians 3 and 10. That I may know him and the power of his resurrection, the fellowship of his sufferings, being made conformable unto his death. All right, there's a fellowship again. The fellowship of his suffering. We don't hang on a cross like Jesus did. And yet we, by being the church are placed in a place where sometimes the world may think it has the upper hand, but in, in truth of the matter, we're in a position where we can be in our strongest through the Spirit of God and not through our own intellect or our own might. 
So the word, so this idea of a membership, I'm, I'm going to join a health club of somehow, looking for my options right now, because, you know, I see myself getting old and fat and, and sitting in my chair more and more. So I want to, I know I've got to do some exercise. And so I, I want to I gain a membership. Well, that's, that's what, if you said that word to me, that's what it meant to me, is I know it's going to cost me, you know, 10 bucks a month or whatever yeah. it is. But the word membership as a Christian origin is different. But the world has emptied its understanding of, of membership from the Bible term and now only views it as a membership like I referenced of joining a club. So let's talk about this. Mm -hmm. Today, membership is often reduced to simply adding your name to a role. Yeah. I'm a member of the Chelsea United Pentecostal Church. Well, that and $5 is going to buy you a cup of coffee at Starbucks. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah. So what kind? Right? I can't even tell you that someone is saved because they are on our church role. Right. I can't. Right. So, so membership in that realm is not what God is looking for. Right. Okay? Because there are no expectations or requirements upon a person that simply goes up in a meeting and signs their name on a dotted line. Right. There's, much, there's a lot more that must be proven in their life if they are a member or not. So let's talk about that. To the Apostle Paul, being a member of the church meant being a vital part of that church. There are many organs in the body, and they all work together to make mm -hmm. one human being. Right. Paul said, we're like that in the church. Many vital organs that of myself, I, I'm not the church, I'm only part of it. Yeah. I can't be the representative of the whole church. I am just part of one right. of the organs of the body. Yeah. Right. But Paul said, you've got to see yourself, though. You're not just an add-on wart. Right. A freeloader. Yeah. yeah. But you're a vital organ to the body. Mm -hmm. yes. That's membership, yes. according to the Word of God. Right. Living an indispensable interconnected part of the body of Christ. That's not hard to say the church needs me, not because of my talent or my ability, but probably more because of my availability right. and my obedience yeah. and my faith. Mm -hmm. If an organ is somehow severed from the body, what happens to it? It, it shrivels up and dies. So, so the greater importance to me is the whole body, not me as part of the involvement of the body. And, and that's thinking that has to change and, and get a hold of us sometimes so that we see, hey, it's not just what I feel or what I want or what I think I need, but what am I bringing to this whole body when I come and I, and I make my commitment to this church? I'm going to be everything that God wants me to be. Right. Yeah. 
if that organ is somehow severed from the body, it will shrivel up and die because it can't exist on its own. Neither can anyone in the body of Christ operate on their own. Well, I'll just, you know, I got it. Yeah. Yeah. I got baptized. I got filled with the Holy Ghost. And I'm just going to, I'm part of the body now. Right. I'm going to just stay at home and I've got some things I need to do. Mm -hmm. You have to be careful because my strength is in the whole, not in my individualism. John's smirking over here. That's dangerous. <laughs> Disconnected and cut off from the lifeblood of a local body, your spiritual life also will wither and eventually cease to exist. Yeah. What happens? And that's why, unfortunately, it's true. One of the first symptoms of someone, their heart kind of gets cold and they lose sight of the value of the church what happens? Well, they don't come as much anymore. Yeah. Yeah. We're thrilled every time you walk through the door yeah. because, because we have hope as, as part of the body. Members one of another, Paul said. Yeah, there's value in that. So membership in the family of God is not something to be casually ignored. You need to realize today are there costs? Yeah, there's cost. There's a prayer life. There's, you know, we should fast sometimes. You should, you know, be faithful to the church. You, you know, we, we give some of our, what God gives us. There's, there's cost and things in that. But I, I dare say that if we could ever see the value of it by giving our all to God, we would see that it's yeah. uh, our, what we receive from the Lord far surpasses yes. what we are costing us. Yeah. So, Think about this. The church is God's agenda for the world. Forgive me, but it's not going to be getting the next right president in place right. alone. Now, we, we want a good president. Right. That's right, and it's okay to want that. But, but that's not what we really need is we need to have a good church in America. Come on. Right. Right. The second thing is the church is indestructible. And the Bible says is everlasting. Yeah. It will exist even throughout eternity. Yeah. The church is already committed. And so why would I want to sever myself from something that's that's was made and created to last forever? Mm -hmm. Right. Right. It will outlive even this world, possibly. Yeah. And if that's true, then so will your role in it. Your involvement in a church, how can it be cut off even though we leave this world through death when the Bible already promises that we have life everlasting? Right. And so, therefore, who we are continues on, what we've done for the kingdom of yeah. God. The person who says, I don't need church, is lost themselves. They are either arrogant or ignorant. <laughs> well, right. they, have, they have lost perspective. The church is so significant that Jesus died on the cross for it. That's how important it was. So 
think about this. The, the church is called the bride of Christ in, in the Bible. It's called the body of Christ in the Bible. For someone to say, I love the body, but I hate this person. Is that possible? We already read today in, in the scriptures that if we say uh, we love God and do the works of darkness, we, we lie. Are you going to say, I, I love you, but I hate you, and I'm, I'm right with God? That's not, that's not consistent in scripture. But that's what we're going to do to Jesus every time that we say those things. We, we're missing the priority and the purpose of the church. My greatest value, far greater, even equally and even greater of importance, my marriage is, is essential, but, but my marriage is incredible when it's in the church. Amen? Yes. So God commands us to love the church just as much as Jesus does. That's something that we have to really think about in our own lives. How important, how am I going to ever love the church like the Lord did? Sadly today, many people who say that they are Christians use the church, but they don't love the church. And so our goal is not, I'm not saying these things to condemn someone. I'm saying these things to show you a contrast today to say, is it possible that God wants us to be even more thankful and more committed to the church when we see the value that the Lord has put in it? Amen. That's why we can't just be church attenders. The difference between attenders and members is profound. It actually is tied together by one word that we call commitment. Yep. Attenders are spectators on the bleachers. Yep. But members get involved in ministry. Yep. <laughs> Attenders are consumers. But members are contributors. Attenders want the benefits of a church without sharing the responsibility but members put church in the center of their lives. I work to take care of my, the most precious and prized thing. Mm -hmm. Attenders are like couples who want to live together without committing to marriage. Yeah. Again, I'm not saying that to be ugly. I'm saying members wholeheartedly say, I do, I will. Lord, yeah. just tell me what to do. A local church is so important to help us with our commitment to God. Really, we need a place to shine today. That's why God gave us a local church. We don't once a year go to Jerusalem anymore like they did in the Old Testament. Today, we have a local church so that we can be, have a local commitment. It's, that's where God proves your commitment to his family. That's where we find out the difference between reality and just theory. 
I know I'm supposed to love everybody because the Bible says so. That's theory. But reality is when I'm finally willing to say, you came from this sect of life. I came from this one. And I'm so thankful together that we are together working together for God. Yeah. You see, today, you and I are called to love imperfect people just like God does. He gave his life that whomsoever will. Yes. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. You could spend a lifetime searching for the perfect church. And I suppose in some people's minds that would be without fault or you know, all your ducks in a row. But really what God needs today is for us to prove the greatest value of the church is that I can love John. <laughs> That's a joke. <laughs> just harassing him, just keeping him in <laughs> I'm very thankful for John. So we, we're called to love, even though sometimes not everyone is lovable. Mm -hmm. Not everyone, not, it's not always easy. But there the church shines. There commitment is revealed. There reality proves itself greater than just theory. Yeah. Yeah. Right. The first century Christians were very specific in their commitment to each other. According to Acts 2 and 42. John, why don't you read that one for me? 2 and 42. This is just four verses after Peter's standing up and saying, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise is unto you and unto your children and unto all that are far off, as many as the Lord our God shall call. And this four verses later, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in the breaking of bread and in prayers. This is how important people realized the church was. They received the apostles' message and teaching, and they went from house to house and had fellowship and fulfilled the word. Wow. This is what another translation, one of my cheat sheets here says this. They spent their time learning from the apostles and they were like family to each other. Mm -hmm. And they also broke bread and prayed together. Yeah. Christian's life, a Christian's life is more than just commitment to the Lord. It includes commitment to each other. To Christians as well. So the first century church in, in Macedonia understood this. Uh, Debbie, read 2 Corinthians 8 and 5. And this they did, not as we hoped, but first gave their own selves to the Lord and unto us by the will of God. All right. Yes. Here's just another translation for you. They, first they gave themselves to the Lord. And then by God's will, they gave themselves to us as well. Yeah. I'm, I'm just connecting dots today. I'm showing you 
the household of faith today is not just me telling you how much I love Jesus and how much I believe in him. Right. It's, it's, a, it's the ability to see the value of the body right. and, and want to join and make it all that it can be through whatever I can offer and yeah. be today. The secret of success in living for God is simple. It's called total involvement. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Listen, as you come into church, you're going to have financial restrictions. Mm-hmm. Now, I believe... God blesses people that are living for God. Yeah. And I, I, can, I feel like I can prophetically say that God will better you yeah, he will. as you continue to stay in church and live yes, for God. He will. So you may be without work right now, mm-hmm. but, but that's, that's, not, that's not who you are. That's not your value. Your value is, is as you commit yourself to the church, God is going to make this way for you. Yes. Because that's just the way he is. Yeah. He blesses us. Yes. Right. Amen. <clears throat> so what does it mean, total involvement? Be involved in everything you can in the local church. Mm-hmm. There's going to be things that are conflict, conflicting. Your, your kids are going to have school events. Right. You're, you're going to have conflicts come along. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, just communicate it, and we understand. Yeah. Right. There's going to be times... But the secret of success is living for God with all that you can. Do your all. Exhaust every possible avenue of doing something for God each and every day. Look for opportunities to gather together with the church body. Not because everything's always right. Because wherever there are human beings, wherever there's pastors like me, I have the possibility of messing up because I'm as human as you are. But hopefully God's will is going to be fulfilled and performed through because we're going to operate in the spirit Mm -hmm. and not just according to our flesh. Amen. Pray, worship, study the Bible, give, witness, share, serve, cooperate, Whatever you're able to do, watch yourself grow in God, not only because of what you're learning in Scripture, but because of the way that you have identified yourself as important in the kingdom of God. Amen. Make sense? Yes. So it's not only what defines us today, but also what our duties are Mm -hmm. that defines the church, the value of the church today. Amen. Any thoughts, comments? Somebody help me out here. Well, if you know, if I was thinking, if I if I look at the church as my the body of Christ as my own body, and understand that I need every part of it, and you know I've got flat feet, and they say I've got ankles like baby Bambi. <laughs> But I need my feet. So I don't despise my feet, right. although they're killing me right now. I don't hate my feet. And to be for the best interest, I might despise the job that make my feet hurt. But, but I, for the best interest for my body is to not expect my feet to become my hands 
I just want my feet to be the best feet they can be. Right. So I'm going to, the rest of my body is going to try to figure out, I need new shoes. I need to do, I need to do all these different things different to, to help my feet be the best feet they can. Cause they're going to, they're, they're a part of my body that's needed. Right. And it's in the best interest of my whole body. If I get my feet stop hurting. Very good. Good. What about these people that have, they're, they're deaf or they're blind or some of these, which would be huge in our life, mm -hmm. that we use our eyes, but how incredible they are with their intuitiveness yeah. and their ability to know things around them and their surroundings, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Because they've, they've strengthened yeah. and they've strengthened the rest of the body yeah. mm -hmm. to, to, to fill in yeah. for their weaknesses. Right. Yeah. Right. Someone else, thoughts? So is this making sense today? Yes. You can understand these two facets and the membership. Um, right. Yes. Just put hopefully and underline the importance of how important you are yep. to right. this church. Yes. yes. I was thinking about that part where you talked about membership, signing the role or paying your dues or whatever you're joining but if you don't use that facility right you're not no good. a member mm -hmm. it's not benefiting you in any way right. it's not yeah. doing, you know you can't expect god's promises in your in your life right you're not yeah you're doing your part. yeah right mm -hmm. you're good pay your dues but never run around the track <clears throat> someone else yeah appreciate y'all's words yeah, Susie. Like what Brother John yeah. said, you know, a lot of times, a lot of us, I think, have been guilty of thinking, oh, it would be so great if I could be like Sister So and so. Right. right. Yeah. But God didn't tell me to be Sister So. That's right. That's right. I need to be me. That's yeah. right. That's right. Yes. Amen. And oftentimes the body yeah. doesn't That's right. mean. We don't need, or yeah, we don't need 15 feet. Right. Something else. Good right. <laughs> right. What you're saying is the body doesn't need another you. <laughs> yeah. We'll put it like this. Let's put it like this. <laughs> Josh being a wise man. There were 10 of me. How about five of her and five of me? <laughs> all of you all have never gone through colors. I'm going to do that again this year, I think. I, you all, their tongue of gold is one of the colors, and it has these, you know, it's kind of one of these personality tests that they do, but it's very good. Yeah. We did have it here last year, and we found out, found out a lot about each other. Yeah. Or, or confirmed a lot about yeah, each other. confirmed. <laughs> what we already suspected. <laughs> well, man, help yourself to 